Section 27 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 2 An Entrance Step by Step into the Unknown. On the other hand, he saw Les Braves every day. He did not do it intentionally, but he went in that direction. It chanced that his road always lay along the path which skirted Deruchette's garden wall. One morning, as he was on this path, a market woman who was coming from Les Braves said to another, Miss Lethierry likes sea kale. He made a trench for sea kale in his garden at the Bue de la Rue. Sea kale is a sort of cabbage which has the flavor of asparagus. The garden wall of Les Braves was very low. One could easily climb over it. The idea of climbing over it would have seemed terrible to him, but he was not prohibited from hearing as he passed, like all the rest of the world, the voices of persons who were talking in the chambers or in the garden. He did not listen, but he heard. Once he heard the two servants, Douce and Grasse, quarreling. That was one of the noises of the house. That quarrel lingered in his ear like music. On another occasion he distinguished a voice which was not like that of the others, and which, as it seemed to him, must be the voice of Deruchette. He took to flight. The words which that voice had pronounced remained forever graven in his memory. He repeated them to himself every moment. These words were, Will you please to give me the broom? By degree he became bolder. He dared to stay a while. It once happened that Deruchette, whom it was impossible to see from the outside, although her window was open, was at her piano and singing. She was singing her air, Bonnie Dundee. He turned very pale, but he summoned up his courage so far as to listen. Spring arrived. One day Gilliatt had a vision, heaven opened. Gilliatt saw Deruchette watering her lettuce. Soon he did more than pause. He observed her habits. He noticed her hours. He waited to see her. He took good care not to show himself. Little by little, at the same time that the shrubbery was becoming filled with butterflies and roses, he became accustomed to see Deruchette in the garden as he stood motionless and mute for hours together, hidden behind that wall, seen by no one, holding his breath. One becomes gradually accustomed to poison. From his hiding-place he often heard Deruchette's conversing with Mes Lethierry under a thick arch of yoke-elms, where there was a seat. Their words reached him distinctly. How much progress he had made! He had now come to spying and eavesdropping. Alas, there is a spy in every human heart. There was another seat visible and quite close at the edge of an alley. Deruchette sat on it sometimes. From the flowers which he saw Deruchette pluck and smell, he had divined her tastes in the matter of perfumes. The convolvulus was the odor which she preferred, next the pink, then the honeysuckle, then jasmine. The rose came only fifth. She looked at the lily, but she did not smell of it. From her choice of perfumes, Gilliatt imagined her character in his thoughts. 
To each odor he attached some perfection. The mere idea of speaking to Derechette made his hair stand on end. A good old peddler woman, whose wandering industry brought her from time to time into the lane which skirted the enclosure of Les Bravées, finally began to notice, in a confused way, Gilliatt's assiduity near this wall, and his devotion to this deserted place. Did she connect the presence of this man in front of that wall with the possibility of a woman behind it? Did she perceive that vague, invisible thread? Had she, in her beggared decrepitude, remained sufficiently young to recoil something of her happier days? And did she still know, amid her winter and her night, what the dawn was? We know not. But it appears that once, as she passed near Gilliatt, standing on guard, she cast in his direction the nearest approach to a smile of which she was still capable, and muttered between her toothless gums, "'That warms one!' Gilliatt heard this word. He was struck by it. He murmured with an inward interrogation point, "'That warms one? What does that old woman mean?' He repeated this saying mechanically all day, but he did not understand it. One evening, when he was at his window at the Bue de la Rue, five or six young girls of Ancresse came, as a pleasure excursion, to bathe in the inlet of Oumet. They played very innocently in the water, a hundred paces away from him. He closed his window violently. He perceived that a nude woman caused him horror. End of chapter 2. An entrance step by step into the unknown.